What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going uh, really well, actually. It's the end of the week here, uh, weekend's coming up. We're watching Thursday Night Football, which is now available on the digital antenna which makes me very happy. Yep. I'm used to not being able to watch this, so it's just fantastic. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a little sick this week, so I'm getting over oh, a no. cold. So if I sound like shit, um, that's why. Well, um, wouldn't it be uh, different than the usual? Yeah, you know, you know it's, it's, it's probably just going to be a little worse. It's already bad, but now it's just a little worse. Oh, so. sure, sure. A little raspy here and there. Um, got a uh, Braves-Falcons-focused show for you guys today. Um Probably going to be mostly Falcons, but we'll kick it off with the Braves. Um, some, uh, so first off, Brian Snicker got, a, uh, got his option picked up for 2018. So that was some news that came out shortly after all this John Coppola stuff that we covered last week. Um, what was your first reaction to hearing uh, that the option was picked up for Brian Snicker? I'm not excited about it. I mean, I was a snit guy at first with what he did last year. Um, but I'm starting, we just need different direction, but I understand why they did it with the whole Coppola thing. They need some sort of continuity yeah. at this point. So I, that's why he's coming back. Right. And, but know, it also still sucks that like, it's still another one year deal, you know? Yeah. It's like do it or don't like yeah. the guy can't be fighting for his job constantly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can understand that. Um, this is his third one-year deal, essentially. Yeah, and well, I'll, I'll say this for him, even though I know it drives him nuts. I know he's also said it's like, well, this is what I've been doing almost my entire coaching life. It's always just been a one-year deal, so it's not really much different. Even though it is, you know, even though obviously it is different because you're a manager of a major league baseball team now. Um, I, I don't like the deal at all. Um, I thought, especially down the stretch. Uh, Snitker, and, and just during the season, he's kind of like another Bobby Bobby Cox light coach, very loyal to his players, which is a good thing and a very detrimental thing because it relies on guys like Danny Santana and Jim Johnson, guys who don't really give you a you know the best chance to win the baseball game, and yet he's going to keep running them out there because he is um, obstinate and loyal, and uh, you know he'll believe that until the end for better well, or for worse. In fairness, part of that there weren't better options. I don't need to see Danny Santana every for every pinch hit. I don't need to see Danny Santana starting left field. Two Who or do three you want to see? Week. Anyone else? <laughs> Name someone. Matt, I'd rather throw he's got to work Adams. with the roster he's got. I know. Man. I'd rather throw Matt Adams out there. But it's just it's classic Bobby Cox, especially in his later years behavior. And um, I'm just not interested in seeing another season of that. I think it's unfair to him um, as well, just because like you're saying, you know, here's another one year deal. We have this pretty much saying we have no confidence in you. We're only going to do this because. Right, we mentioned stability. And the ironic part is is that the organization is very unstable, and I don't think this really helps in the sense of adding stability to the organization. It's just a, it's, it's sort of just a throwaway move. It's a throwaway move. And some news came out today, actually, this afternoon, that said that before the John Coppolella uh, scandal, you know, came to light, that they were seriously considering, or they were going to fire Snicker or not pick up his option. And uh, give it probably to Ron Washington. Bo Porter was another name, that which came is what up. I wanted. Yeah, Bo Porter was another name that came up as a as a possible replacement candidate. 
So um, that was interesting to hear. Um, and I don't know. It, it's just a move that doesn't get you excited. It doesn't move the needle. And it does nothing for your organization. And apparently John Hart and uh, John Scherholz are starting to evaluate general managers. I know Dayton Moore, who's the Kansas City Royals general manager's name is being floated around, uh, brought them a championship in Kansas City. But it's a mess because Dayton Moore isn't going to come here if we still have John Hart in charge. Yeah, he wants to be president of baseball operations. Yeah, so like either get rid of Hart or stick with him. Like Dayton Moore, we're not we're going to lose out on Dayton Moore if Hart's still around. Yeah. Um, but apparently this adversity has brought Hart and Sherholtz closer than they were. I heard they're eating dinner together and. Which I going I, why out? Why is that a thing? Like holding well, hands. I feel like they would have been doing that anyways. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I heard this story that came out. I think it was an August twenty fifth game. I don't know why that date is so specific, but apparently Jim Johnson was being used and John Hart. Was that there. Bartolo Colon bobblehead night? Uh, no, I think that was after that. Okay. Um, but that is a night that you would give out a Bartolo Colon bobblehead night. Dog days of summer, nothing happening. Yep. Here's your Bartolo Colon bobblehead on a probably Tuesday night or something. This chunky, funny old guy that was supposed to be a great pitcher for us. Right. Um, but apparently he went into the locker room after the game and just yelled at uh, Snitker. And was like, what the fuck are you doing putting Jim Johnson in the game? And I don't know. I just think John Hart, like I said last week, I just want everyone gone. Clean, clean house. I see it now. Clean house, and 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 who knows what other sanctions are going? What you know, we haven't got any sanctions from uh, Major League Baseball yet in terms of are we going to lose our international draft picks? Are we going to lose Kevin Mighton? Are we going to have to? You know, are they going to become free agents? Uh, are we going to be banned uh, from even signing, having the potential to sign any international players? Um, which is all speculation. It's all speculation, but so, so, something's going to happen. The, um, there has to be some consequences for this. Our friends over at Talk and Chop were discussing the same thing, and um, their theory is, based on the evidence that's out there now, there's not enough to say we're going to lose a guy like Mighton. Like, well, anything to link any of the wrongdoings directly to Mighton is not there based off what's out there. Well, so. well, based off what's out, that's the key thing you got to keep. So in that's mind, the kicker, right? yeah. Is that based off what's out there? I'm sure Major League Baseball has more access to information that we are not privy to, and that they're going to slam us with. So I think, I think hoping for that or wishing for that is ill-advised because we're we're going to get we're going to get crushed by this. I you, think. You think? Yeah. I know this happened with the Red Sox a couple years ago, and the only thing that happened to them was uh, they weren't able to sign any international players for a year. Apparently this was a million times worse from some reports, and so it's like... But what what was a million times worse? What we were doing was apparently worse. What were we doing? Well, I don't know. We still got to find out more information. Obviously, we've fucked around with the international market, and they... I mean, it sounds like what... Paying people on the table and... But I think everyone does that. Yes, but we got caught doing it, and who knows how bad it was. And, uh, you know, I, I think in terms of, and of course we're doing it right now, so it's kind of ironic, but to speculate on this until the sanctions come out or, you know, until they really pass judgment is, is silly. But I also think hoping, you know, saying, oh, well, based off the information that's out there now, I also think that's silly. I just think... I don't know. I'm just pissed off about it. Yeah, it sounds my, my, like you got a lot of mixed feelings. I got a lot here. of mixed feelings about it. I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't like talking about it. It puts us in a bad <laughs> position. But we got to talk about it because we're a damn Atlanta sports show. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not we're, doing we're, a great job talking about we're, it. We're obligated. We're just babbling fools. 
but that's what that's what everyone is right now. No one, no one knows. No one knows. You're just talking in circles, and uh, so I don't know. I just don't. I, I, I say don't hope for the best because you're going to be let down in this situation. I never hope for the best. I'm I'm used to constant disappointment. So. Being an Atlanta sports fan, yeah. So I would not be shocked if we lose. Mighton and all those guys. I would we'll probably lose the whole franchise. No, that's not going to happen for Christ's <laughs> sake. Move the team to Charlotte. Um. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, and uh, we'll keep you guys posted though. Yeah, not. I don't think there's too much else going on with the Braves right now. Um, Bottom line is we you got to figure out the GM at this point. Um, yeah, I hope it's not Hart. I think if it if Hart and Sherholtz are making the decisions, you're going to get an old baseball guy and not a sabermetrics guy, which I'm starting to see the light on sabermetrics. You got to think outside the box. There is value there. There's value. I think you gotta have you gotta be a hybrid kind of person. You gotta know what's gonna mesh in the locker room, what's gonna complement the team, but you also gotta look at the stats. And and you know, the old school baseball way of saying, Oh well fuck, you know, sabermetrics doesn't tell you anything about a ball player. I think from a mental standpoint, I think from an emotional standpoint, sure. And maybe even to a degree from a talent standpoint. But there are stats out there that are quality and that can really tell you something if you open your mind to it. So just immediately Ignoring it or refuting it is, is silly to me until you actually have thorough understanding of, of the analysis. I just hope, because I'm pretty sure the Dayton Moore thing's dead at this point. You think so? Yeah. So the other names I've seen thrown out there are Dan Jennings. He's a Marlins guy. Marlins GM. Yeah. Um, the, the, guy, the assistant of the of uh, Mike Rizzo is the Nationals GM. His yeah. Name so it's right just now. all like guys who have been there before. <clears throat> I would like at this point to see us like... I mean, we have this great history from the 90s. Like, Mark Bowman threw out Tom Glavin as getting at least a big advisor role. But, I mean, I would like to see one of these guys, if they're interested in it, a Tom Glavin, a Chipper, or... Yeah. Why, why do you... Eh, Chipper. Chipper's very old-school baseball. So is Tom Glavin. Well, who's it, not old-school baseball? I mean, they're like... Analytics be damned with those guys. How do you know? Because I've heard him talk about it. Eh... Both of them, both of them aren't that in, interested. In Basically, it. I like to see a new guy that hasn't necessarily been a GM before. Versus, I think you got to be careful. A recently that. fired GM. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough, and I'm, I don't envy anyone who has to make that decision. But you know, I was thinking back to Copy this week, and I know we were talking about how we, how we thought. You know, our overall analysis was, despite you know this bullshit, and despite making a couple of bad trades, he did a pretty good job. But I want to know. On, on copy why he didn't pull the trigger on, on guys like Matt Adams or Matt Kemp when their value was really high. Um, now it's too late. We can't get anything from them. Um, was Matt Kemp's value ever high? Oh, at the beginning of the season, in like May, he was killing it. He had like 12 home runs. But that contract still, no one, no one wanted him. Uh, yeah, but I don't think there was any attempt to really try and move him. Matt Adams was playing out of his mind earlier in the season. You know he's never going to do that again. No attempt to move him. You were him. right on that one. Yeah, and it was just like... Which, is never going to do this which again. brings up a good point. Our uh, one of our users, Hugo, thinks that we need to go back and pull out all the terrible predictions we made at the beginning of the season, and uh, revisit them. Yes, revisit them to just see how wrong we are. Oh, we could certainly seems, do that. Seems like a good idea. Do we but, do that now or? Yeah, why not? Let's. Uh, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> right after a word. Uh, right after a word from our local sponsor. Today's episode of Atlanta Zone is brought to you by Disc Golf. This is a serious ad here. If you've never played disc golf, you should get out there and do it. 
You just go to the woods. It's free. You pick up a disc from Play It Again Sports for $4 that you have for the rest of your life. And you drink beer and toss the Frisbee with your friends. It's great fun. I would highly recommend it. Disc golf. That was just a general endorsement for disc golf. That was a general endorsement. Yeah. It wasn't even, uh, wasn't even funny. It wasn't comedy, no. you know, but it was just, uh, you should play disc golf. So, Hugo, sorry to disappoint you, but we weren't prepared uh, to really dive deep into our Brave season preview to see how wrong or right we were. And uh, so that might be something we do next week when we actually have time to do that. I think we'll pair that with our Hawks season preview. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Hawks season preview. End of one season, Braves beginning review. of a next. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the Braves report. And uh, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons. We had a bye week in week five, a much-needed bye week. Big news. How often do you say that week five was much needed, but it truly was. Yeah, it really was, especially with our health problems. So, great news all around is that we've got Ricardo Allen back out of concussion protocol. Yep. We got Ryan Schrader back, which is probably the biggest win of them all. So Tyus Sambrello sits his ass back down on the bench. And that guy's a real sack of shit, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's done nothing, and he gives up sacks like no one's business. So Ryan Schrader's back at right tackle. Julio Jones has been practicing all week and is ready to go. I know he was limited, I think, today, um, but he's going to play. Julio definitely, like, he's not... He doesn't need to practice Your standard much. man for as far as his healing, too. Yeah. Man's always going to be hurt a little bit. Yeah, but, like, if someone else is like, yeah, he's going to be out four weeks. Julio's back in a week and a half or right. two. Julio at 85% um, makes Adam at 100% look like a fifth grader at 2%. I don't know if I appreciate that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Um so they're back. I know Vic Beasley practiced this week, but he's still got some hamstring tightness, so he's probably going to be held out, which is, yeah. which is for the best. Because the good news is also that we're getting those guys back and we're playing one of the worst offenses in football. Actually, the worst offense in football, statistically, in the Miami Dolphins. We're averaging like 10 points a game. <laughs> they're the worst in the league in passing offense and rushing offense. They have a horrible offensive line that's given up 10 sacks already. And uh, Jay Cutler is... Um, Somehow they won the game, and he threw under 100 yards last week. So they have a atrocious, miserable, depressing, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, offense. So that's great news for us. Be careful, though. They're, I mean, they're still a two-win ball club. Yeah, so to... And we've lost worse games. To juxtapose how horrible their, their offense is, their defense is, is, is one of the best units in the league, and that's the reason why, as I mentioned, they are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, as a unit, they got 10 sacks. They got Nadama Kinsu up front, um, who's still wreaking havoc. And um, really all around, they get good pressure on the quarterback and um, have really contained opposing offenses. So I think to, you know, come in and say we're just going to mow down these guys is, is ill-advised, but it is nice that their offense is so bad. I was, I was listening to uh, Marquand Manuel, our defensive coordinator, his uh, interview with the press this week. And I think he either, I'm not sure if he played with Cutler or coached Cutler. He played with Cutler. I in heard in Denver. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he pointed out the fact that, I mean, Cutler's only been there for four weeks, didn't get a preseason. So he's still kind of learning the offense. So it's not, it wouldn't be absurd for like Cutler to have a good game, you know? Yeah, and that's that's the that's the scary part, right? You got a good, yeah. He has two very good receivers. You got Jarvis Landry from LSU, 
um, who's, who's, I think, his fourth year in the league. He's a very good receiver um, who's a target monster. I mean, he can get 13, 15 targets and turn into 12, 13 receptions. Um, doesn't break a lot of big plays, um, but he, he's going to make catches for you. And you got Devontae Parker, who's a, a speedster. He's kind of like a Gabriel type, except a little taller. So you've got to keep an eye out on those guys, and it's going to be important to contain them. Um, and Jay Ajayi is a good running back. We saw that last year. Yeah. He had a couple of games where he rushed for like 150, and I think another game he rushed for 250 yards. So we cannot underestimate them, and you also got to keep in mind that they're not going to be this bad um, for the whole season. But, oh, man, are they bad. Uh, only had 925 total yards of offense. To give you some context, the Patriots are the best, you know, team our best offense in the league in terms of total yards have 2097 um you know it, it's it's just really really ugly average 10.3 points a game i mean but like i said they're probably not going to stay like that forever so we got to yeah. be on our toes yeah um i'm sure they'll be ready coming out of the bye yeah so i'd say that's that's one of my things to watch is how we contain the uh the passing attack right have cutler you got parker and landry and um, how Alfred and Trufant are going to combat those guys. And then having Ricardo Allen back, I think, is, a, is, is critical because he's the signal caller on the, on the defense. So getting him back is, is fantastic. And I'm looking forward to seeing him back out there. Yeah, I'm thinking if we can just focus on shutting down the run yeah. and make Cutler show something, then we got a good chance. Yeah, force him to have to beat you. Maybe a pick six or two in there. Yeah, and that's another thing, you know, we were thinking of, thinking about this week was it was like, you know, our defense has looked solid for most of the year, and, and we've got 12 sacks. So, you know, we've only played four games. We're averaging three sacks a game. You never thought that's we'd awesome. ever do that. Yeah. That's Brooke, without Vic Beasley. Yeah, for the most part. And and, and uh, Brooks Reed's having a damn Pro Bowl season. He's got, I think, three sacks already. Mm. And um, and you used to shit on him. Oh, I used to. Yeah, time. I wanted to train him before the season started, but he's been <laughs> he's been great. Um, but I was thinking about it over all the turnovers. We only have two turnovers, and both of them came in that package game, the Trufant pick and then the Beasley sack fumble that turned into a Trufant uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Oh, I got a prediction then. Yeah. We get at least two turnovers in this game, plus Julio's first touchdown. I like it. Like, that's got to break eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know Julio was saying this week, he was like um, – yeah, he doesn't care about. That's the thing I love about Julio. All these divas, your Antonio Browns who are throwing water coolers on the field when they don't get the ball. You know, Odell Beckham who's proposing to freaking field goal kicking nets. And you got badass Julio Jones who just makes catches, makes plays, burns people, and shuts up. And even when he's not, he still is a very humble guy who's just all for the team. And you just don't see that from the wide receiver yeah. position too. Lots of respect there. Yeah. But I know he was saying to me this week, he's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not getting touchdowns. You know, I'm... I'm sure he goes home. There's no reason to worry about Julio Jones. No, there's not. But I'm sure in the back of his mind... There's probably a little something. I mean, to, I mean, like, but but he's not going like to... Find me in the damn but, end zone. Man. Yeah, but he's not going to... He, he's part of... He realizes he's just a part of a larger unit. A very important part, but just a part. And, you know, it's not all about him. It's about the team. It's about the brotherhood. Yeah, he's not out there for creating drama. Yeah, but I like that. And Adam did, did also predict that Taylor Gabriel will get his first touchdown of the year against Detroit when he did. So and, and I so mean, goes Adam prediction goes a long ways then, eh? Yeah. So speaking of Gabriel, um, so he's been held really quiet ever since that Detroit game. Didn't do 
diddly shit in the last game. What did you say? He was on the field for 70 snaps and didn't get a reception. Yeah, zero catches. Yeah. Um, Pathetic. So, snooze out again this week. I want to see Taylor Gabriel get involved in the offense. I want to see a couple of screen passes, a couple of short passes, see if he can beat some guys in the open field in the space. Uh, that's, that's one of his greatest strengths as a receiver. So, I want to see if we can get him involved, get Julio going. And then um, I think we need to attack with the passing game to set up the run this time. Because they have a very stingy they have very stingy defense overall, but I think if we can get the pass going, and usually you want to get the run going to set up the pass, but I'd like to see the pass get going to set up the run. Because I think, given the success that our running game has been having, that people are going to expect us to come out and just try and run it down their throat. Let's challenge them and say, see if you can beat our passing game, and then let's, let's kill them with, with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. So that's what I would like to see this I week. I like it. How about Justin Hardy catching a few balls this week? It'd be good for his confidence. Yeah, that was a big letdown, man. Poor bastard. What, he dropped four passes or something? Yeah, just like running garbage routes. Like, Yeah. And just, that, was his, that was his chance to step up. and It, it really was. And it was like it was literally blew. like someone on the sideline grabbed his, his receiving gloves, lathered them with about two pounds of butter each. Or Vaseline. Said, or Vaseline. And said... Uh, <laughs> Here you go, Justin. Added some uh, adhesive material for you. Let's see if you can catch the ball. That's, that's equip, equipment guy failure. That's an equipment guy failure. That's, that's, that's who we can throw on the bus there. That's fair. Um, I'll accept that. Yeah. So but that yeah. guy's fired, and right. Hardy's good to go this yeah. week. But in all seriousness, it would be good to see him do something, because he might actually play number two receiver, because he's more suited for that position yeah. on the outside than Gabriel is. Gabriel's definitely a slot. Slack guy. Yeah. Slack. So... Um, but this, I think this game overall, we need to come out and, and show everyone that we're back and that we're not going to take this shit anymore and we're going to defend our house. I also think the fans need to come out and, and show up um, as well. But more importantly, we got to show that we can put, a uh, at least on offense, a below-average team in the Dolphins in their place, win at home by two or three scores, and then get ready for uh, – when the Patriots are coming yeah, out. Yeah, and, I mean, and it really is an important game because we don't play at home for, like, a month. Yeah, we don't play at home until November, I think, 11th or something like that. So we certainly can't be losing another home game. Yeah, back-to-back would be bad, especially against teams you should beat. Right. Then we'd be a little panicky here at Atlanta Zone. Yeah. So after the Dolphins game, we got the, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Panthers all on the road. And the Jets and, aren't the walkover, the pushover we thought they would be. No, they're actually they actually have a uh, as good a record as the Patriots. I think yeah, it's a tough stretch: Patriots, Jets, Panthers, Cowboys, Seahawks, Bucks, yeah, Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings aren't a pushover either, though they've been uh, slipping ever since that Week One blowout against New Orleans. So, good Lord, that is a one, two, three, four, five. That's a seven-game stretch of brutal play, and, and really the rest of the, the rest of the season is brutal. Yeah, because like we talked, <laughs> everyone's about, playing well. Like we talked about in our Falcons pregame show. Breaking news: We just looked at the schedule. <laughs> yeah, well, and as I mentioned this, you know, uh, a couple months ago, is that the crazy thing is, is that we don't start division play until Week Nine. Yeah. So you literally have. Um, the last, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six games of the season. Five of those games are against divisional opponents, which is which is nuts. And if we come out strong against Miami and dominate, I'm not worried about these games. Yeah, because we got a good football team. Oh, we have a very on good the football team. field. Yeah, 
To try to win football games. Yes. <laughs> but if we play the way we played against the Bills at home, then I'm worried about the rest of those games. So let's just show who we are. Yeah, we, we, we need to come out and just put the Dolphins in their place and uh, establish dominance. And, you know, I think the bye week came at the perfect time. It's time to – okay. Yeah, we're Jesus good. Christ. We're good. Yeah. Um, let me just take that one back. Yeah, the bye week came at the perfect time. Let's go out there and kick their ass. Simple as that. Indeed. Uh, let's also hope that we can get this podcast out before yes, the game. Yes, should and, be able and to. And that you guys listen to it since it's a preview. That's the risk yeah. we're taking here at Atlanta's own. But right. I'll probably... Uh, we're taking that risk for the people. I'll probably be able to edit it uh, a little bit at work tomorrow. No, we don't edit. This is all oh, This is all one take. Through. Sorry, sorry. This is one take show. One take. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll touch on, turnovers. Got to eliminate those guys. We can't be turning the ball over multiple times per game. So you're saying you want us to win the turnover battle? Got to win the turnover battle. I think you're probably the first ever analyst to suggest that. No one has ever thought about this, folks. <laughs> I, a, I came up with it, just like Trump you're invented. Freaking genius! Just like Trump invented the word fake. By the way, if you guys ever want us to get into politics on the show, just let us just know. Just let us know. <laughs> just like the rest of the sports broadcasting yeah. world, we can get involved. We'll take out ten minutes to talk about uh, politically charged uh, conversation. Indeed. Not really. Have anything else you want to say before we sign off? So we touched on uh, touched on the Braves and that nightmare of a situation. Falcons, a little bit of optimism. No. Hawks, uh, like we said, we'll delve into that big time next week. I'm personally somewhat excited about it. About the Hawks? I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. I will say this. There are not going to be any expectations. And um, sometimes that's a good thing. One of my employees at work met uh, John Collins the other night because they were playing at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, he was just like, he, he, this guy knows, this is the guy that only cheers for Carmelo. So he doesn't know anyone on the Hawks, clearly. But uh, he saw John Collins get out of the car and just, like, kept looking up and kept looking up. He's like, good Lord, this guy's tall as hell. He must play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and then so he's, like, talking to him, like, just showing him a ton of respect. And then he realizes that he's only 20 years old. That is an odd concept. Yes. Like, these kids are young as hell. It makes you feel older, doesn't it? Too old. And unsuccessful. And unsuccessful. Yeah. But anyways, I'm excited I'm excited to see him play. I'm really excited to watch him play. Like, he was, uh, on the summer league, he was number one, or not number one, he was on the first team, uh, all summer league team, which doesn't mean anything, but at the same time, it's nice to see. Shows potential. Um, all the highlights you see of the guy. I mean, he has explosiveness around the goal. He's a good rebounder. He's working on an sh- uh, outside shot. So I think that was a nice pick, and hopefully it, it yields something. I know we've picked guys like that in the past, like your Adrian Paynes, your Sheldon Forehead Williams. I feel like those aren't anything. similar at all to these. Like I'm just saying in terms of height. This guy's an athlete, though. No, he is He is definitely an athlete. And uh, Sheldon, I think I could jump higher than Sheldon probably. Williams. I think you and he both have about a three-inch vertical. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. hey, we'll delve into that next week. Yeah. But uh, I'm showing a little more optimism now than I did at the end of last season. So, I'll be more interested in watching this team than I was last I'll, year. So we got that. Uh, United playoffs are starting in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think we got two more games. I know they have a game on Sunday and then a game on the 22nd. So, um, had a tough loss against. Was it Washington, I think? The Nationals? Yeah, the Washington Nationals. Or the Expos. <laughs> Either way, we'll, we'll provide some in-depth yeah, analysis we'll, for we'll, you guys. We'll do our homework on Atlanta United yeah. there. Um, yeah, I think that's all we got, though. Yeah. 
Uh, thank you all for listening and making us a part of your evening or day. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends about it. And, um, and us. That'd be nice. Yeah, and us. And we will see you all next week. Hospitality Soap. Go Falcons. Rise up. <laughs>